And now we're back to We Were Gamers, episode 367, a podcast with me, your host today, JJ, and the best second host, Michael. I'll take that. How you doing, JJ? I'm doing great. How are you, man? Uh, you know, it's been a Monday, but it hasn't been a bad one. Yeah, it was a very pedestrian Monday, as Mondays go. Next nice. week, yeah, he'll be back. I thought he was going to be here this week. What do I know? <laughs> Feels like uh, some... A breakdown know, in communications can mean only one thing, JJ. Some planning happened there that I wasn't part of. Um, <laughs> well, whatever. Anyway, we're here. Uh, and, and that means Andy's not here to stop us from talking about the topics that we... That you and I crave that he does not. We're going to open that Pandora's box. Yes. Uh, and we'll start with... Uh, you know. I know you, you know, actually, oh yeah, I'm going to start with a gripe here, Andy, uh, Michael, and I feel Andy has this issue also, but he just like buys games and then never plays them. And that's how he somehow gets around this problem. Okay. Michael is too damn many games. Oh, I hear you. The, the backlog only goes in one, the size of the backlog only goes in one direction. It's really a problem. And there's like good games that i really want to play like you may know i've talked about it on this podcast before i was very excited for baldur's gate 3 very yes that game is out i own it i ain't got time for that <laughs> i'm playing trails into reverie man i ain't got time for that that's a lot Which of also just came out it's also just came out and that game's like a billion hours it seems yep and the Baldur's gonna, Gate's another billion hours. And I know you're going to get them both done in the next three weeks for when Sea of Stars comes out. And I was just about to say, Sea of Stars <laughs> is coming out, which I'm very interested in, and I ain't got time for that either. I'll be playing Baldur's Gate till next year, it seems, based on what <laughs> the stuff I've read. <laughs> the pace you're going. Yeah, it's like, how is this? Man, I guess it's like a good problem to have. There's too much good stuff going on. But like, God, it's so depressing when like I really want to... You see the clips on the internet and you're just like, oh my God, I am getting, I'm so distraught at my inability to play <laughs> video games. That's really what this podcast ends up being about, isn't it? It's like, we yep. are lamenting the time that we don't have, that we don't of, have to the play games that we can't play all these games that we want to play. Uh, one thing I have been getting into though, and uh, I'll come, I'll circle back around to trails uh, later. But uh, my wife and I have been getting up to some co-op Diablo 4. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, How has that been? Like like couch co-op kind of? Uh, it's you know online co-op because you can't really co-op on a PC. I don't really... I mean, maybe I guess if you attach a separate controller. I, I don't believe split screen works on a PC. Okay. Um, but yeah, playing together. So like, you know, we get into a party and then we go do the same dungeons and quests and stuff. Sure. Uh, and I'm real. That's pretty fun, man. That is a good time. Um. You know, it's, I understand the. it's not as together as we would like to be because we have to be in opposite rooms where the two computers are. Um, but, you know, we could yell at each other back and forth. It's not that far away. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's been really fun. Um, started the new season. I uh, had to start a new character because that's how seasons work in Diablo. Um, but, yeah, I've been, like, you know, leveling up a necromancer and having, like, dudes run around and fight for me is kind of cool. Very nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to take you back to the age of uh, of raiding and land parties. It does feel a bit like that. Yeah, it's definitely a 
Like, okay, where are we going next? Where's the, put the marker on the map. I can't see it. Like you say, we want to go over here. Where does here, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> definitely some of that. Um, it's been really fun, really, really fun. And uh, I'm enjoying getting to like, you know, run around at this point. You know, her character is like way higher level than me because she's on summer break and therefore plays while I'm at work sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh and knows more about like the items and the the like how the quests work and stuff than me at this point. It's like I am being overshadowed in the video game uh you know this particular video game which is fun. Um so that's cool. I'm I'm really enjoying having a like a co-op game we can play together. I hesitate to recommend it to people unless you're kind of already in on Diablo 4 cuz I think the game itself has some other issues but at least it's fun. If you're already on the Diablo train, it's a it's an easy one to an easy track to divert onto. Yeah, and we were looking for something like this, you know, and it kind of has this. I, maybe there will be some future game that is perfect and lets us play both on the same screen or something. Um, Lego has been always been good for that historically. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But um, yeah, this is this is filling that niche, uh, which is is nice. Um, so that's been my. Honestly, I spent more time doing that probably than playing Trails, uh, which is sad because I do like playing Trails, but I have, uh, yeah, we just talk about it, the limited time, right? You just got to pick. Yeah, a, you got to pick and choose. Got to pick and choose. Uh, I will try to tease you a little bit here, Michael. I know you're a long way away from this Trails game. Yes. Um, but did you play uh, Trails uh, Into the Sky the third? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. How did you feel about that one? Pretty good? Liked it? No? I liked it. It's, um, you know, it's tied into that that first, it's it's called a trilogy, but it's almost like a duology plus one. Mm-hmm. Right? Those first two, those first two Trails in the Sky games are really closely tied together. And the third one is, is closely related, but it's not quite in the same, like, in a straight line from those first two. Right, and you're those the, first two you're tell Grawl's Ritter, right? Right, That's right. That one, yeah, Kevin. Uh, and you, you know, the first two games tell a complete story, kind of from being beginning to end with Estelle and Joshua and the whole thing. And the third game definitely is a lot more like, you know, here's a thing that happens. There is like a, an A plot basically, but it's kind of side to all the side stories that you learn about, right? And like weird mini games and stuff. Yep. Yeah, that game is definitely a uh, it's it's a bit of a peek behind the curtain that there is more going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good way to phrase it, actually. What if I told you this was that game for Crossbell and Cold Steel? Okay. So, okay. Yeah that that makes sense. I I had heard that this game was kind of a culmination of a lot of what had been going on for the last, uh, you know the the duology and then the tet- tetralogy is that right yeah i guess four. Of, uh, yeah yeah of cold steel games so that does not surprise me to hear yeah so it really is a, and <laughs> in a lot of ways really is that game <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, uh yeah you know you, you folks who have played that will understand exactly what that means i don't want to spoil it for people who uh have not there is definitely an A plot, like there is stuff happening. There is like, you know, actual plot happening here, but there is very clearly a like, 
we've got the gang all together for reasons that are yet to be explained, and we're just going to do a thing where you can go into battle with literally every person you've ever met through any of these <laughs> games. It's like, why are they here? No explanation. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> like They're just going to throw down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, and that's as far as I am now anyway. Uh, it really seems to be heading that direction. The character select screen is starting to get very... <laughs> Very, very busy. Big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, that's cool. Um, and, you know, a, and as you can imagine, as the games have gone on, you just like have some like unbelievably broken stuff that you can do. Oh, yeah. I, I do enjoy that the game has refused to like reset the levels on its characters at some points. <laughs> and it's just like this game starts at level 100. What? <laughs> like, we're just going to build on where you were. Every character is level 100. It's fine. And you're like, oh. Okay, fine, you sure. Just, you ignore those leading two numbers. No, because when you hit like, you know, 3,000 instead of 2,000, that makes a big difference. But, you know, you're you're paying attention for sure. It's, uh, yeah. you know, when you see plus 50, you're like, well, only 50. That's not that many. What is this? Oh, this one's like <laughs> plus 125. That's a lot. So uh, I've been enjoying my time with that. But yeah, like I said, I'm feeling the like, oh, no, there's too many good games coming out, especially like oh, I'm really... I'm really sad that I'm going to be having to contend between Baldur's Gate and, and Sea of Stars. And I don't want to miss Sea of Stars based on that demo. It was so, so much fun. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that one to, to finally land. So um, refresh my memory. Was that a Kickstarter? It was a Kickstarter. Um, and it, it was A, very successful. And B, as far as Kickstarters go, it seemed to the development was very smooth actually coming out on time and stuff that's like unheard of almost on those projects i I think it helped that they were they were an established studio that decided to fund their next game on kickstarter Mm. rather than someone trying to hey let's release this first game that we've ever made and we're gonna do it on kickstarter yeah a lot lot dicier record on that for sure Mm -hmm. well speaking of kickstarter what's up yeah Speaking of Kickstarter, so I was uh, I was turned on today to a Kickstarter that's been running for it looks like just a couple of days now, um, but it is not not video game related, but beloved media related at least of me, um, and I know that that you and Andy are also fans of the author, um, but the the classic and maybe my favorite book, uh, Good Omens, which was just recently adapted into a tv show and is has the second season about to come out or already just came out i am is being adapted into a graphic novel Hmm. um so neil gaiman is teaming up with uh the estate of terry pratchett and an artist named colleen duran who he has worked with in the past and they are putting out good omens the official and ineffable graphic novel i see i see you neil putting your hand there uh that yep. is definitely oh, maybe i don't know that's a terry pratchett thing too for sure the uh okay that i don't know that i have actually read this story you should if you have not or even if you have and it's been a while you should read this one okay well, it's I, uh i am a fan of both terry pratchett and neil gaiman so yeah it's it has a a very much like the style of humor will will 
remind you of Hitchhiker's Guide or uh, if you've read the book of The Princess Bride, it's that kind of um, like biting English wit. Mm, okay, you're saying things I like to hear a lot about with uh, yep. the biting English wit. You're making references to beloved books like Hitchhiker's Guide. That's, well, that yeah. one is probably the one that I really gravitated towards as a young adult, maybe young child. I like I liked that book. But uh, this looks real. oh man, people should go check out this Kickstarter. The art is really spectacular. I'm just looking at some of the pages that this artist has done for other, so this person has worked with Neil Gaiman before, is that the idea here? Yes, yeah, she has. Um, she's done, um, I'm trying to think, um, I have a couple of her pieces that she's done with him, one called Snow Glass Apples, which is a, a retelling of... Um, a couple of classic fairy tales. Um, she did one called Chivalry and one called Trollbridge. Um, they they all worked on them together. And then I think she also worked on some of the original Sandman. Okay, I was going to ask if she was an illustrator in Sandman or artist at some point. but Yes, yeah, I believe she was. Okay, very cool. These uh, looks, some of these uh, pictures, like especially some of these covers are just like amazing, so... Yeah, yeah, her art's fantastic. So I'm I'm very excited for this. Uh, and needless to say, I am not alone, as it is apparently already the number one comics campaign in Kickstarter history. And of the 31,000 31, and change that they asked for after conversion to U.S., they are already over a million and a half dollars. That's a lot above the standard that they were asking for there. Uh-huh. So they've got you know they've got a bunch of stretch goals Kickstarter style. Yeah, they, as as they do. What kinds of stuff are they putting in the stretch goals here? Let me see. Oh, I see. Okay, I, I, I scrolled down far enough. We got yes, there. Yes, there you go. If you get if you get far enough down, they got prints. They're putting like, are they adding more pages to the book at some tier? I like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, and all of those uh, all of the things on the that list have already been unlocked. Yep. So they're going to i guess update it whenever we start hitting uh hitting more. I like that they list the uh the shipping costs straight up front. That's good. Yes. That is very nice to know like exactly what it is you're expected to pay. Yeah, really cool. Uh this is this is cool. Uh obviously working with the late Terry Pratchett's estate here. Um very cool. So was this a story that they wrote together at some point in the past as a as a, a novel? Yes, uh, it was a novel that they collaborated on almost forty years ago now. Hmm. Um, it was uh, it was published in the eighties. Oh wow, it's that old, huh? It is. Yep. Um, but just very, very, and for for people who don't know, it is satire on the end of the world. Uh, okay. So both, you know, both both sides of good and evil locked in their eternal struggle uh, have decided that the the end of the world is coming and both sides are vying to come out on top. I always love a John Constantine-esque situation uh, where you get the, you know, the angels and the devils fighting over the humans kind of situation. So, yep. Very fun. This looks sweet. Uh, I 
I may end up backing this. I wonder how does it, do you have to back equal, like, plus the shipping in order to get that to work out? Or, uh, oh, not for uh, the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> Talk about it later. Yeah. Very cool, though. Very cool. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of podcasts, I guess. Um, yeah. Got so it. I've been, uh, I've been filling my time a little bit listening to um, a podcast in line with one that I have talked about in many, many moons ago in several episodes. Uh, I don't know if you'll remember, but Marvel and Stitcher teamed up. Uh, I mm-hmm. want to say it was pre-COVID, and they put out a series of Wolverine podcasts. Yes, I recall us talking about these. Yeah, so there were two, two or three seasons of those, uh, and they were really well done. And I kept, uh, I kept hoping that they would put out more, and then COVID happened, and I forgot about it a little bit. And then a couple of months ago, um, I was uh, driving around after something, something different to listen to, and I had the thought, you know, those were good. Let me see if Marvel has put out anything else. And so I went looking, and sure enough, um, this time they had teamed up with Sirius XM. And they put out a a set of podcasts that, going back, it looks like they they spread them out over the course of a year and a half, um, which seems like a long time until you realize, oh, there are 60 episodes. Oh. So what they did was, um, and I don't I don't know if they're adapting anything or if this was original original material, um, but they put out a series called Marvel's Wastelanders. And it's set in the Old Man Logan universe. Mm, so okay, f- sure. future Earth. Um, and in, in this particular future, the villains teamed up and basically killed off all of the heroes. So the Avengers, the X-Men, um, you know, all of them are gone. And so the podcast picks up 30 years later uh, and the first the first sequence and there are six sequences of 10 episodes uh, the first sequence is Star-Lord and Rocket coming back to Earth after like a 30 year absence to find that everything that they knew is gone mm, okay so the first 10 episodes follow them and then the next arc is Hawkeye, and then Black Widow, and then the one I'm in now is Wolverine. Wolverine. Okay, okay. Yeah, so 10 episodes each, so there are two more after this. There's one on Doctor Doom, and then the last one, I think, is all of them together. So the culmination of of the previous five series. And how many of these have you gotten through? Um, Let's see. So I've done the first three, so that's 30, and I'm about halfway through Wolverine, so 35. Okay, so you can tell me then, is this seeming like story from multiple angles told it, you know, concurrently, and then the last one is they all meet up at the end? Or is this a, like, three so different each... stories all concurrent no, so or separate all, or something? They're all their own stories. They're all more or less concurrent, um, but they're all they're all standalone. So you don't need to have listened to any of the others um, to... Uh, to listen to to anyone in particular. So I think the first five, at least through three and a half of them, you could listen to in any order. Okay. 
And then maybe that matters more when you get to the team up one, but maybe it's just like, oh, now, you know, here's the team up. Yeah, I would think that one probably should be last. Um, but yeah, so far it doesn't seem like the others need to be listened to in any particular order. Okay. And you said there's like 60-something episodes? That's a ton. That... Yeah, so they're they're only about half-hour episodes. Okay. So they're not too bad. And there's, you know, there's there's intro material and then there's there's an outro that's a couple minutes long. So each episode really only winds up being about 20 between 22 and 25 minutes. Yeah, you know, like short podcast length, right? Yeah, exactly. So I can, you know, I can get through an episode on my way to and from work. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, and it's been uh, it's been really good so far. They're really well done. Um, some of them they've gotten some pretty big names for a couple of them. Um, Susan Sarandon played Black Widow. Um, okay. So some some other people whose if not names certainly voices you would recognize. Okay. Well, I mean, I like the. I think they did that for the other Wolverine one, right? Where they had some pretty decent voice talent they did they did um trying to think who else who else do i really like there was in star lord they had um uh danny glover oh yeah did one of the he did one of the uh the side characters hopefully he wasn't a cop like just about to retire he was he was not he was not a cop just about to retire i figure he'd be too old for this (laughs) <laughs> all right sorry sorry <laughs> no um i think so far black widow has been my favorite only because the the you know the style of each one is different which is kind of nice mm. um you know they don't they don't all feel cookie cutter uh, but black widow was um be- because of who she is and and her background it was kind of like a spy thriller a little oh, okay. bit, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think lends itself better than some of the others to being a podcast. Yeah, I feel, you know, and maybe I'm I am not the most well versed in the podcasting format. I listen to a lot of like news type shows. I listen to you know people talk about video games and stuff. Um, I don't do a ton of these sort of scripted fictional storytelling type stuff. Um, so maybe I'm not the most versed in how that stuff goes, but I can see why you would want like a spy thriller kind of thing would be easier for me to, cause a lot of people have to talk to each other in those things, right? Yes. That makes more sense to me than like, it's hard to get a radio drama of fight scenes in an action movie. Yeah. You don't, there's not quite so much of, all right, wait, what am I listening to here? What are they like? What's going on in this fight? Yeah. I think that's, yeah probably for the best very cool very cool uh okay i was just gonna say recommend and i'm you know i'm excited to keep listening okay and see how it all comes together and so these are on sirius xm then yeah well so it's a collaboration with sirius um but they are all published online now on uh on a standalone page okay um, so you can find them. I found them through uh, uh, the Apple podcast page and you can just go and, and listen to them directly. You don't have to sign in. You don't have to sign up. You can just play them. Okay. 
that is uh, better, I would say. Yeah. And you know, like like so many things Marvel, the more the more you know about uh, Marvel characters, the more fun little tidbits there are for you in in each episode. All right, we got. Yeah, I I do love that about about their stuff. It's very cool. All right, Michael, we have confirmation on the internet. Uh oh. Breaking news. Uh. This is going to be your COTC time, folks, out there. Uh, we have confirmation of Fior EX and Sophia EX coming This soon. week? Yes, the next couple of days. Oh, yep. Well, it was either, it, based on the new roadmap, it was either going to be this week or next week. It looks like both of them. I see posts on the internet talking about both of them. So, Dancer Fior and Apothecary Sophia. Yes, uh, I see the the official COTC Twitter just tweeted out that they are uh, they are coming out this week. Yep, that's what I saw. Um, so there we go. Uh, sounds like that Fior one is very very good. Uh, yes, she is considered the best tank still in JP because of her unique set of skills. Uh, which basically, if you if you know the script for a fight, she is able to continually dodge either physical or magical attacks. Not just dodge, but dodge and counter. So that's going to be uh, all of our hard-earned rubies being sh- flushed right down the toilet there, I'm guessing. Uh-huh. Great, great. Um, but yeah, so the dodge encounter is uh, is what makes her so good. It's co- it's bleh, combined with a taunt. Oh yeah, okay. You taunt them, you dodge every attack they make, and then you're. Yeah. So basically, uh, all single target attacks are completely negated. Well, that seems unfair. Yep. So she will be a popular pull. Wonder how uh, how well liked. Sophia is since my guess is since they're showing these two together they're going to be on a combined banner situation um I don't if it's like the JP poll I don't think it's a combined banner but I believe it is a combined pool so two banners but the shards all pool in the same the same resource pile so there's a there's a banner for Fior, there's a banner for Sophia, but like one one set of fragments across yeah. both. I see. Okay, I believe that's how it worked in in the JP release when these two came out. I guess we will find out how that applies to us. Yeah, uh, I so am this one in sore need of a dodge tank. My lack of Tressa is hurting me. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, this will be interesting. So they, unlike some of the other limited units, um, these. Uh, the characters are summer themed and so they ran a year ago in Japan and it was only just announced I think today that they will be rerunning in Japan so this is your opportunity to get them until presumably next summer yeah if if they do a, a seasonal type thing I feel like other games of this sort I've played have done stuff like that where they run banners that only run certain types of time right right yes i think it's a, a common thing in uh in some uh 
in many gotcha games, I should say. All right. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes on that. Uh, speaking of games here, Michael, I have played the NYT game Connections. Have you played that one? Yes, I have played Connections. Uh, Maybe you and I'm told curious. Me to check this one out. It might have been. It might have been. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I am not very good at Connections. That's what I have decided. Okay. Uh, I don't blame them. I blame me. Although sometimes I do blame them. Uh, <laughs> I want to say there was one that happened. Uh, we didn't talk about this uh, when we were together at Comic-Con, but I should have brought it up. Because there was one where, again, you know, they they decide what these things mean. Yeah. There was one I felt could have gone into multiple of the categories based on the word. And they decided, no, it was this, not that. Yeah. That so lay it out lay angry. it out for the people who don't know it. So uh connections, they give you what is it, 12, 16? How many 16. words? Sixteen. Four by four grid. Four by four grid of random words, right? And then you have to create four groups of four. So you have to pick and they can be like you don't have to be connected or anything like that. You just have to pick four of them and they have to whatever four you pick have to share some kind of theme. And the themes are very random. They can be like, these are all words used for measuring. These are all words that are like for trees. These are all movies. These are all, you know, they, anything, completely anything. Yes. And then, you know, once you pick the first four, those get eliminated from the grid. And now you only have 12 and then eight and then four and then you're done. I find it tough. <laughs> <laughs> not good yeah because because sometimes like like today's for instance i pulled up today's to remind myself what it was um one of the words was whopper mm -hmm. and there were two of the categories one of them was candy pieces and the other one is synonyms for falsehood yeah see i hate where does it where does it go so rude uh, so rude of them to do that because there are and I guess the their argument is that hey what you should do is look at the other words and then if you think there's one that goes for two see if it could fit a different group right right I just yeah, find I think, it so difficult <laughs> I think where it drives me a little bit crazy is that what'll happen to me is I'll narrow it down to five words and I know that four of them are in the category and you get a couple of guesses but it doesn't tell you which word is the wrong word infuriating so you can guess and there aren't enough guesses for you to go through and and try all the different combinations without running out of, of attempts yep you will lose if you do that it is so yeah you really have to do some inference and like especially if you get like I find it like the, I find the first one to be far and away the hardest, right? Because it's like, okay, I think these four go together, and you pick it. It's like I can see the theme here. You pick it, no, and you're like, damn. Now mm -hmm. what other ones? <laughs> like I, I now I have to go find a different set of four, but how, like what connects these other things? And especially because like I sometimes completely fail to see what the grouping is. It's just like. These seem like four random words. Oh, they're like, you know, things in some movie that I don't know. Or like these are like old terms for, you know, a, a person making a joke, right? It's like I, I'm just – I can't even think of what they are. But that some of them are very weird. 
Yes. Or they they are all words that you can pair with a fifth word to make like a common phrase. Yeah, it's like, oh, you needed to think that like you could put omni in front of all these words and make words. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. That huh? was the last cut the the they're tiered, right? And so each category um is has a different difficulty ranking and so the, that fourth tier is always a little a little difficult oh i don't know that i knew that yeah if you pull up the uh i think it's in the description of the game um but if you pull it up it tells you that the the colors um in order yellow green blue and purple are order of difficulty oh very cool I didn't know that at all. Definitely did not read those those things. It was explained to me, and you were like, just do it like this, and then I did, and then, yeah. Tough, man. <laughs> uh, but you're telling me there's a new, a new game on the block. There is a new game on the block. Um, so I just got sent this by, uh, by my mom, actually. She's a, a New York Times puzzle fan as well. Um, and this one is so I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to or will have any desire to incorporate this one into the app, um, but it's called Flashback, uh, and it's weekly rather than daily, like all the puzzles in the app. Mm-hmm. But it is a a weekly history quiz, and it looks like it just rolled over uh, today for the current week. But the way that it works is you start the quiz and it gives you a uh, it gives you a singular event. So the the event that I have says 1787, the U.S. Constitution is signed and first printed after four months of grueling debate in Philadelphia. And it shows that little blurb on a timeline and on either side of it are just the words before and after. And so then the rest of the quiz is it gives you eight other snapshot moments from history and you have to drag them to either before or after the events that are on the timeline. Okay, this is sweet. I like this a lot. Yeah. So the the second one for me that is hovering up at the top, and it's the U.S. national women's soccer team wins its second World Cup, spurring the rapid growth of the sport in America. So obviously that comes after the U.S. Constitution was signed. So you drag it onto the timeline, and then it pops you up another fact, and so on and so forth. So some of them some of them are very easy because they are far enough forward or far enough back from what's on there, but then you'll start to get to ones that are like, oh. This is five years apart from an item that's already on the timeline, but which side of it is it on? Okay, this is sweet. I, uh, I'm not. I gotta put that down. Can't look at that anymore during the podcast. <laughs> Just gonna be thinking about where Thomas Edison goes on this timeline. Um, all right, that is very fun. Uh, say that for folks so they can go check that out. What's the name of it? Um, it is called Flashback. And right. you can find it on the, the New York Times website. Yeah, search for a flashback there, uh, folks. You'll find that. That that seems very cool. All right. Uh, we're kind of winding down here, it feels. Um, do we got any, got any hot takes, any old man gripes out there? Oh, man. So we were, we were complaining about not having enough time for things. Last week, JJ, at work, I had, I had a little too much time on my hands. 
um, through unforeseen circumstances. So let me let me ask you this. Let's let's set the stage here. How much would you say of your your daily work is aided by, driven by email? More of it than it should be, right? Yeah, I, I would yeah, certainly that's... say that I I work in my specific position. I have a lot of people who are in the office with me, and I will talk to them in person, and we will have you know meetings at the beginning of the week to sort of sync up with tasks and stuff like that. So I'm not usually feeling too adrift in that way, uh, but certainly you know you're sort of expected if some kind of high priority email comes in to like all of a sudden have known about it somehow. Oh, um, for sure. And, yeah. you know, jump to it. Yeah. So what if you came in on a Monday to find that email was down? I would so finally get for, things done. <laughs> sure. Yeah. For, for a day, that would be, that'd be fine. It'd be like, okay, nobody's going to bother me. I have all these things I can get done. Now, what if that day slipped into two and then three well, now I'm asking, what the heck are IT doing? So we, uh, we, I guess our servers are managed externally because that's more economical for a lot of businesses these days. Yeah, uh, smaller businesses got to outsource makes perfect sense. Yeah, even bigger businesses. Um, but to have email servers outsourced to, to companies whose job it is to manage those servers. Um. But yeah, apparently the management company had issues and their servers went down. For, so, you know, I, I, I'm not here to tell you or ask, you know, your company what they're doing, but I can understand a day. I can understand two days even. Sure. In the world of the internet, two days is effectively an eternity. What are these people doing? <laughs> How can the problem be so bad that they're I, uh, out you know, for, of unless it's like catastrophic not... that like every server they have is down and if it's that bad like maybe it's time to evaluate whether your company really needs to be working with this company <laughs> so you know they're they're not gonna they're not gonna tip their hand and tell us exactly what's going on um other than to say you know we're working a, a quote unquote around the clock uh, to restore service and i i heard um, rumor that it was more than just us that was affected, uh, that some of their other clients were also impacted by this outage. I couldn't see how it could be otherwise if it lasted this long. Like that's yeah. a un that's a crazy amount of time. So yeah, we were we were down over a week, I think. Uh, and so you know, for some for some positions, that's not a big uh, it's not too big of a deal. Like there's enough that they can do offline or work around that they can manage but you know when you're when you're in a customer facing position uh, or a supplier facing position and a lot of your communication is done through email yep and you know you're not you're not able to send or receive any email there's you're kind of cut off from from those external contacts uh, yeah because like how, in how are you gonna easy communication that, yeah. that you have through email Maybe you have a phone number or two, but like, we're just gonna call everyone and be like, "What you doing? How's it going?" Like, yeah, it's not much. appropriate. <laughs> that's not. That's just not how business is done anymore. No, it's not. Uh, so uh, wow, that's uh, that's a big bummer, my dude. Yeah, I would so say it, like even even today, it's not uh, it's not totally back. We're on a temporary server. Woof. 
I uh, I say I, I would you know I would be happy to have email go down, but I think I would be happy again, like you say, for a few days, and then I'd be like, okay, I needed to refer to something that I got a few days ago. Where's the email? <laughs> like, yeah. So we could we could see the email that was stored locally at least. So thank goodness for that. But if we needed to like search backwards through through older email, which in most email clients these days involves a ping to the server. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't happening. Interesting. And does your company allow you to store old emails beyond a certain point? There are usually rules and companies we, just start deleting stuff after X days. Yeah, so we do we do have a, co- a cutoff date that they, they actually just implemented relatively recently. Um, but yeah, it's it's a few years out. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll just start deleting emails unless you oh, save them okay. locally. There are like, yeah, obviously you save it locally and that's fine. There are like legal reasons for stuff like that. I think it's like my company's like 120 days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just curious. That was something that came up somewhat recently and someone was like, I was looking for this old email. I'm like, I, they probably deleted it, my guy. I'm sorry for you. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is that a hot take? I don't know. Email. Email is for the old people. I think that's mostly true, right? Yeah. I mean, these days it kind of feels like it. Do you, does your company have like an instant message type client? We do. And unfortunately that was, uh, that was still working. So internally we could at least communicate relatively easily. Right. It just doesn't help you with anyone external, which is still a big problem. Yep. Yeah. Cause I was yeah, going to say, it, I think, I think ours is Microsoft. And if that like internal Microsoft client went down, I think, basically work would halt for a large number of people. Yeah, ours would too. Although I guess then it would just everyone would resort to email. And the question is if email and that went down, they're probably hosted in the same place. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just send everyone home at some point, right? Yeah. Or the people that are working for home are just like, well, okay, I guess I'm done. See ya. Yeah, I can't do what am I going to do? <laughs> Effectively cut off. Yep. All right. Well, uh, there's some other stuff that's been happening out there in the world that I want to talk to you about, but I think we got to get Andy on for some of these because they are just a little too spicy to not have his take. Ooh. Uh, I am. I. I want to know his his Pacific feelings. Uh, you might say. I'm sure he uh, cares about that. So we'll leave that teaser. It's not very obvious what I'm talking about. I'm sure people will get that immediately. <laughs> um, but in the meantime for folks looking for us where can they do that Michael they can send us an email to podcast at wewerkgamers.com we always love to hear from people um, Andy is our uh, our email guru uh, he'll collect all the emails until we reach critical mass and then uh, we'll respond to him on the air yeah we just did an email show not that long ago um, you know folks even if, even if your email is related to something timely we will respond to it in a way so yeah keep those coming yeah um but in the meantime you can also reach out to us on the socials uh facebook instagram we were gamers and you should go check out our youtube channel youtube.com slash at we were gamers there's a lot of good content out there a lot of good bonus content out there absolutely All right. Well, until a future week comes, uh, we will see you all then. Bye.